praise the living God. In this <clears throat> wonderful time of the year that we call Christmas, amen, God is a wonderful thing. And God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. We want to go back to the beginning here for a little bit here and understand what this is really all about and how it really started. In, in ancient biblical times, the birth of Messiah, the anointed one, the Savior, was looked upon with much anticipation and expectation. Mankind, after the garden, was gripped by sin. Israel was experiencing much suffering and cried out for freedom from the bondage that they were in. There was much sinning going on in the world. Then God gave mankind the gift. God gave mankind the gift that keeps on giving, even until today in the 21st century. God gave the ultimate gift, and that ultimate gift just keeps on giving, keeps on giving. As long as we are doing what God calls us to do today, we can look forward with much anticipation and expectation that our Lord and Savior, for, for our Lord and Savior, for he is the gift that just keeps on giving and blessing us, even in here into the 21st century. We should be reminded of how God's plan for mankind culminated with the birth of his only begotten son. So the purpose of today's message is to focus on the why and the how we are still impacted by God's tremendous gift, even today. It's a shame to say, but so many people, including many, many Christians, can't state or say why Jesus is the reason for the season. You've heard that expression so many times. It's a popular phrase where people just spout it off without thinking Jesus is the reason for the season. People and Christians will come back at people who focus on commercialism and, and gift giving and store buying and all of the shopping that goes on, people will come back and say, yeah, but you're forgetting that Jesus is the real reason for the season. But how many really, really understand what that means? People don't understand the why behind that gift giving is the biggest part of Christmas, as opposed to understanding the real roots of giving. They understand that gift giving and buying gifts is an important part of Christmas. But what are the roots behind it? Why is it is it is it a part of the season? Since this is the Christmas season, let us understand why Jesus came in the first place. Let's look to the word of God. Let's go to the scriptural record. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter one. Isaiah chapter one. We talk about, we talk about again, we talk about how, how gift giving is, is such a big part of Christmas and people understand that Jesus is the reason for the season. But people, they think about, they're looking at the gifts that are wrapped in pretty wrapping paper. They're looking at the gifts that are tied up with a nice bow and they're thinking that that is the most important part. But what is it? Where did it really start? So we, we see here in Isaiah chapter one, verse number one, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear. Give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people does not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. 
And we'll pause there. So we see there that right here in Isaiah, starting out, there's a pronouncement saying how man had, had, had gone backwards into sin. They had, they had gone through the desert, been taken through the wilderness, and God had blessed them so many times. But at this particular point, Israel was at a point of sinning. We go forward in time a bit to uh, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. God created the, the universe and the earth and all that's in it. God created Adam and Eve. The intent there was, to, was for them to live in paradise under the leadership and protection and, and fellowshipping with God. Satan came into the picture and corrupted all of that. Man was cast into, into, into sin. Uh, through the line of Seth became a godly people and, and Israel started prospering and growing again. Then they were under Israel and uh, uh, Egypt in bondage. God brought them all through that, but Israel persisted in its sin. So God said that I need to save mankind. God knew that man would never save mankind, so God had a plan. God had a plan. And this is where the gift, the gift begins, the concept of the gift begins. We see here in Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a sign and shall call his name Emmanuel. So underline verse number 14, underline verse number 14. You see there it says that the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Now here this is prophesied way back in Isaiah. And that's, and that's roughly uh, written roughly around 700 and 742 B.C. So that's 742 years before the birth of Christ, God prophesied of his coming. God knew that he had to save mankind. Then we move forward in time again and we actually see the birth of Jesus. Now let's move into Luke, the book of Luke in New Testament here, and we see the birth of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Luke 1. Luke chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Luke 1, and we'll just go jump right down to verse number 26. Verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Let me, just so we're not confusing the timeline here, where it's talking about in the sixth month, if you look at the, the preceding, the previous verses there, it's talking about the birth of John the Baptist. Okay, John's mother, Elizabeth, was pregnant with child, and while she was six months pregnant, then this is where the story picks up. And we're here in verse 26, where it says, In the sixth month, Elizabeth's sixth month, with John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. 
And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. But the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So when the angel first started talking to her like this and, and says and says that uh, um, the, the angel, God has found you favored and so forth like that. And she was starting, she was kind of puzzled. Why would he be saying this to me? Verse 31 continues. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Underline that, please. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? So many times God will come into our lives and God will tell you what's going to be in store for you. Sometimes you may have another human being that may prophesy over you. Hopefully it's a godly person that's prophesying over you. And you walk away from that shaking your head. Well, how, how, how can that be? My circumstances do not predict that this prophecy or this thing that God is saying will happen to me could even come to pass. And you sit down and you start scratching your head and you start wondering and you start worrying. What shall I do? What shall I do? This makes absolutely no sense. Mary was feeling a similar thing. Here this angel is coming here and says, you shall conceive a child and your name. You shall call him Jesus. And so she's wondering, how, how can this be? And uh, then it goes on to say here in verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. She'd never been with a man before, so now this angel is saying all of a sudden she's going to be pregnant. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Underline, please, shall be called the Son of God. Also in the line there, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Underline all of that too. So the angel is telling her how this is going to be done. The Holy, Boat, the Holy Ghost is going to come into your life, and, and, and then this is how this is all going to come to pass. So still, Mary was probably sitting there thinking, well, how could this happen? This does not still compute. Things happen in your lives when God is prophesying unto you that this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what's going to happen in your life. And at that particular time, you may say, how can that even happen? I don't have the education. I don't have the training. I don't have the background. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You start wondering all of these things. But God will enter into your life. And as part of his gift to you, he's going to say to you, this is what you're going to do. And so I say to you, and I prophesy this to you, that looking forward to 2020, God is going to come to you with some promises. God is going to come to you with some lifestyle changes. God is going to come to you and tell you where it is that he wants you to go. Don't be so swift to start wondering to yourself, how is this going to be possible? Because whatever God is going to prophesy to you and let you know and bring you to in 2020, 2020, is going to be because the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and he shall birth in you. This thing that God wants you to do. 
There's going to be a, be, a, be a birthing in your life in 2020 if you continue to seek God and trust him and put him in the center of everything that you do. Don't overlook what, what, what happened in the past. Don't, don't forget about the things that God brought you through in 2019 and 2018. But in 2020, you're going to see an overshadowing of Holy Spirit in your life. Don't think that this is impossible. Mary had not been with a man. She could not understand how at all she would become pregnant. But the Holy Spirit told her, the angel Gabriel told her, said the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. In 2020, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And he's going to bring you to where he wants you to be. Don't be so quick to, 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 to think it through, to try to think it through and think that it's impossible. Angel told her, Gabriel said, you shall call and, and he shall be called the son of God. And then in verse 36, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth was in her sixth month. We just read she have also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now here, Elizabeth had been barren. She was also old of age. Her husband, if you remember the story there, Zacchaeus, he didn't believe at all. So what did God do? What did the angel do? The angel struck him dumb. He could not speak. During those, during those times, people, the elders uh, took turns working in church. The Bible says serving in the temple. Zacchaeus had to serve in the temple. That was his, his turn to serve. God said that he will not speak until the time that this baby is born. And we know the story there that Zacchaeus was dumb. He could not speak for all of that time. And then when John the Baptist was born and named him John, like God had prophesied he to do, all of a sudden Zacchaeus was able to speak again. So again, Elizabeth was barren. It was deemed impossible for her to give birth. Don't think that whatever God is going to tell you to do in 2020 is impossible. Because through you, God is going to birth. He's going to birth a thought. He's going to birth an idea. He's going to birth a promotion. He's going to birth movement. He's going to, he's going to birth something in you that will further your walk in him to bring you to where he wants you to be in life. Watch and see what 2020 brings. So Mary here, she was thinking back and the angel told, listen, look at your cousin Elizabeth. In other words, what's possible with, with, with her is possible with you. Verse 37 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible for what's going to happen in your lives. Nothing is impossible. So don't start thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't, or I don't, I don't, I don't. With God, nothing, everything is possible as long as he is doing it. And then verse 38, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Underline, be it unto me according to thy word. Underline that, and if you have space in your margin, write the word surrendered. Surrendered. It was at this point in time, which is so important to all of us in this life, when God is saying to you that this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to bring to pass, and when you, in your mind, you start fighting it, and you may not tell, you may not verbalize it to God. God, this is impossible. This is not going to work. But in your heart of hearts, deep inside your heart, you, you are wondering how that could even happen. You have so many doubts as to how you'll be able to carry this out. You have so many doubts how this could even get this far. Lord, what, what are you getting me into? And you're resisting it in your spirit. The turning point for Mary was right there. Be it unto me according to thy word. She surrendered. 
At that point in time, she wasn't trying to wonder anymore, how could this be? At this point in time, she wasn't arguing with God, saying, God, this couldn't happen. I've never been with a man before. No way am I going to be pregnant. How can your Holy Spirit overshadowing me plant a seed in me to bring forth a baby to full term? She didn't go through all of that discussion. Finally, she just threw up her hands and she said, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. When you get to that point in 2020 when you're feeling like this thing that God is bringing you to, when you get in 2020 and you feel like this thing that God is about to birth in you seems to be impossible, the time where it will become possible and the time that it will come to fruition in your life is when you literally finally say to God, okay, God, I'm not going to question you anymore. I'm not going to question you. You say this is going to happen. You say that this is what you are preparing me for. So, Lord, I just look to you to guide me. I'm not going to argue with me. I'm not going to sit back in my little puny human mind and try and figure out the logistics of how this is going to come to pass. I'm not going to sit there and try and figure out the timeline for my education or for my training or for wherever it might be. I'm just going to say, Lord, I surrender to you. If this is your will for my life and this is what you want to birth in me, then you're going to have to guide me through the process. You're going to have to guide me from step A to step B. You're going to have to guide me from day to day. You're going to have to guide me from moment to moment. You're going to have to guide me what to say for every single naysayer that would come my way to try and say that I am not going to be able to birth this thing. You'll give me the words to, to, to rebuke that spirit of darkness, that Satan himself who would try to come into my head and get into my head to make me think that I'm going to fail. Because, God, I know that with you all things are indeed possible. And if you, Lord God, are prophesying this in my life, that it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. It'll come to pass. The same way Mary wondered, and then at that point in time, because of the fact that she had found favor with God, God chose her because of the fact that she finally said, Okay, Lord, I surrender. Do what you will. That was the turning stone. That was the point in time that, that things just changed. And then we actually see the birth of Jesus. You go to, uh, we, stay, we stay in um, Luke, uh, let's see, 26 to 38. We, we pick up here. Twenty six to thirty eight. Okay. Okay. Then we go to Luke two. All right. Let's move on to Luke chapter two. So that was the annunciation or the announcement of the conception of Jesus. And then we see in Jesus in Luke two, we see where Jesus is born, and we start at verse number one. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. Now, up in, back up in verse number one, uh, underlined there that all the world should be taxed. And right in your margin someplace, that was basically a census. What he was doing, he was calling everyone back. They had to go back to, to their own cities where they were born to pay their tax and to be, be accounted. They had to be a head count. Okay, and Joseph also went up. Verse four, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Underline Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Now, the point there is that 
Caesar Augustus called out for this decree that the whole world, the then known world, had to be taxed. Caesar didn't realize that he was working right in concert with God's plan. God's plan was to get Joseph to Bethlehem. God did not want him in Nazareth. Joseph and Mary had to be in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, interesting enough, in the original translation, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. House of bread. And what is Jesus often referred to as? The bread of life. God's plan was to get them to to Bethlehem. Okay? So in order to do that, God uses the affairs of men. So when God is birthing this plan in you in 2020, it might not be a miraculous thunderbolts out of the sky and some big booming voice that says to get up and go to so-and-so. It may not be lightning and thunder in your house, but God may work through somebody, another man, to bring you to the place that you need to be. Whether it's a physical move, whether it's a, 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 a professional move, whether it's, it, it's something else in your life, God may work through someone else to get you to where he wants you to be. Remember the sermon a few weeks back about there? There is a place called there. And that there is where God needs you to be. And when you are there at that particular point, at that particular place, that's when you see the miracles happening in your life. Well, when God wants you to be to your quote-unquote Bethlehem, so to speak, he may work through somebody else that's in your life. Family member, a job, or some other circumstance that you never know. God will work through someone else. So God used this census to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. It said because he was of the house of David, the lineage of David, that's where he needed to be. Verse number five says, says uh, um, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because then because there was no room for them in the inn. Underline that there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, you see. So even then it was like man did not want Jesus to be on the scene. There was challenges and difficulty there. When you're going to birth what God is going to bring you to in 2020, there may be times that it will be there that man will prevent challenges before you. There will be times, but God will bring you to a resting place the same way he brought them to the resting place in, in the manger, in, in the stable. Actually, that's what it, because that's what it was. So we see there, at the time that it was accomplished, that's where they were. And then we see in, in Luke 2, continuing on here with verse number 8. And, uh, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Put a bracket around verse number 11 or highlight it. For unto you this day is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. So here we see the angelic announcement. 
And then now it continues here in verse number 15, where you see the, the, the uh, shepherds visit the baby. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the angels returned, a glorif- uh, returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. As it was told unto them. So here we see there where the, the shepherds were visiting the baby and she was, was, was thinking about what is going on here. What is going on? Can you imagine what was going through her mind? I mean, first of all, it started with the Holy Ghost saying, you're going to be born with this child. And I never knew him. A man, how is this possible? She surrendered. All of a sudden, the child is born. And then what happens? All of this is going on around her where, where, where the, the shepherds are coming to visit. She's like, probably like, what's going on here? What is with this? So then we get to the point now where we see the, the wise men. Go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and... First we'll start with... Start with 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold... There came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen this star in the east and are come to worship him. So here now, all of a sudden, this little thing that started with a prophecy, a prophecy by Gabriel is now blown into a child being born. All of these shepherds coming to worship. And now all of a sudden, the Magi, these are learned men from the east, also saw the star and they're following it. And they're going to worship this particular child. And we know what I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but we know that, what, that after that, King, King Herod had heard about these things and about how this king of the Jews was going to be born and so forth. And so he had a plan. The devil right away got in there to try to co-op and to prevent God's plan from, from continuing. And Herod wanted to kill, wanted to kill the baby. And he told the Magi, he told them who were inquiring, he said, uh, when you find out where he is, let us, let me know so I can go and worship him. Herod didn't want to kill him, didn't want to worship him, he wanted to kill him. The devil was trying to stop Jesus, amen? The same way when your plan is being birthed and when you're doing what God is wanting you to do, don't, don't think that it may, it may go just smoothly every step of the way. There may be some opposition there too, where those would try to prevent you from doing what God is telling you to do in 2020. But you just stay the course. You stay the course and know that with God, nothing is impossible. And if God, if you're sending me on a mission, then you're going to give me the wisdom and you're going to remove any obstacles that might might be there to try and prevent me from carrying out what you're telling me to do. So then we move on here and we go to uh, verse number nine. Okay, When they had heard the king, they departed, meaning that the, the, the wise men, they departed. And lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, 
they, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's just pause there for a moment, and you can highlight those, uh, the three gifts there, gold, uh, frankincense, and myrrh. All right? But we see there an interesting thing here also, that in verse number 11, And when they were come unto the house, they saw the young child... Prior to that, Jesus was being referred to as the babe. But now it's saying young child. Because a couple of years had transpired. We often see the manger scene with the little baby Jesus, the little tiny infant laying there. Okay? All right? But by time that the time came where they were given these gifts, they say a young child. So the baby had grown. This is why Herod went out there and gave the commandment. When he couldn't find where Jesus specifically was, this is why. And it's in the scripture there. This is why Herod sent out to have every single male child under the year of two, up to two years of age, killed. Because by that time, the baby had born. It's in the scripture. I didn't cover it right now. It's in the scripture there. But it talks about, he says, send out. Because he got very upset because the wise men tricked him. The wise men knew what he was wanted to really do. So they took a different route to get to where Jesus was. When Herod found out what was done, he got very, very mad. And he sent out to his soldiers. He said, go ahead and you kill every male child under, the, under, under two, two and under. Because some time had gone by. Then the scripture says here, and and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Okay? And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. This is where the whole concept of gift giving comes. This is where most Christians, when they talk about anti-commercialism and people, they focus on shopping and gift giving and Jesus is the reason for the season, okay? They're referring, they're thinking in their mind, the gifts that the wise men brought them, okay? And by the way, there's no mention here that the wise men were only three. We get three wise men from the fact because they mentioned three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's no really indication to say that the wise men are only three in number. But the whole concept of gift giving comes from that. Missing the point of this sermon today. The real gift is not the three gifts that the wise men gave, but the real gift is the gift that God gave to us. And that's Jesus Christ. That was the real gift, you see. But we get caught up in this. We think about gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We think about the Christmas time. And we say that that's the foundation. At the time that God gave his gift, the whole idea of ushered in was ushered in about giving. And to this day, we should be giving. It's wonderful that we give at Christmas time, but we should be giving throughout the year. We should be giving every time Holy Spirit prompts us to give. You see, but the whole concept of gift giving comes from the, the idea of realizing that at this point in time, you know, people say, why do you celebrate Christmas at winter time? Uh, there have been books written on the fact that Jesus could not have been born in the winter because the word of God says that they were the shepherds were out there um, um, uh, tending their sheep. And in Jerusalem area, they don't tend their sheep in winter time. Well, that's nonsense. I mean, don't get hung up in all of that. This is the time of year that we have chosen to worship Jesus birth. And God is not holding us to a calendar. Besides that, the calendar was changed so many times around, uh, between Pope, Pope Gregory, where we get the Gregorian calendar and the Julian calendar. Times and calendars were changed around so much. The point of the matter is that this is the time that we are choosing to worship Jesus' birth. And at this time, we have to remember what the birth meant. This was his gift to mankind to save mankind because mankind had fallen into sin again. The only way that God could redeem mankind was to bring someone that he knew was not going to sin. 
And this was Jesus Christ, his son. So what did he do? He took his son where John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was always with God. For all of eternity, Jesus was with God the Father. But now God says, I'm going to give you as a gift to mankind. Because they need to be saved. Because they need to be saved. So that's the real gift that we must acknowledge and remember for this particular time of year. That the ultimate gift was giving Jesus Christ. And this particular gift that we receive in the form of Jesus Christ, that we remember during Christmas time, don't let it be like some of the gifts that we get from other humans. We say, oh, thank you. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the gift. Then we get home, we put that gift up on the shelf in the closet. You stick it away in the closet. You put it somewhere and you forget about it. Maybe 20 years go by and the thing falls off the shelf and hits you on the head. And you say, oh, yeah, this is what Aunt Tilly gave me. Gee whiz, it's still there. It's still there. It's sitting there for 20 years. Don't put the gift of Jesus on a shelf. Don't put him there. He's a very, very important part of your life. So as you go into 2020 and God is birthing this thing into you and this gift that he is going to give to you in 2020, remember that all of this year you've toiled. You've toiled. God has shown you what he could do. He's blessed you here and there. He's brought you all through 2019 and he's shown you his miracles. He's brought you through times where you thought it was impossible, where when at home at night and you know, you're laying on your pillow there, you started thinking, oh, gee whiz, how is this going to ever happen? How is this ever going to pan out? But you stop and you remember what God did. He brought you through. He brought you through. Even at the time that, at the time, and you, and if you stop and you think about it, you can probably remember, you know, you know, the, the days and the nights and whenever it was, you had the hardest thoughts about what God, about your, what your problem was. You can remember, Jesus, I remember when so-and-so came up and I thought I wasn't going to be able to see tomorrow. I could see where I wasn't going to be able to pay this. I could see where so-and-so was this, was that. God gave you the gift of Jesus. And Jesus, that gift that is in your life, he just keeps on giving. He just keeps on giving. It isn't a gift. You know, God is not one that gives, that gives something and then takes it away. Not at all. So he's there with you. And you, you, you know that Ever Ready, I think it's Ever Ready battery commercial. You know, you see the bunny rat and it talks about it just keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going. Well, that's Jesus in your life. I think it's Ever Ready. I don't want to give commercials. Who? Energizer. There you go. Okay. It started with an E at least. Amen. Everybody knows that's perfect. And everyone here knows exactly what I'm talking about. And you can picture that commercial. That bunny or whatever just keeps on going. Well, Jesus is the gift that keeps giving. He keeps giving. So during this time of year, the point is, is that you really, really understand what gift giving is all about. It's wonderful that we give to one another. And when someone says to you, well, Jesus is the reason for the season, you remember exactly what that means. It's not the gold, the frankincense and myrrh that was the gift. It's not the material things that are the gift, but it's the gift that God gave us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 2020 is going to be an awesome year. And as Holy Spirit soul guides, we'll, we'll see what he has to say for New Year's service, New Year's um, sermon or whatever. But 2020 is going to be a bang up year. The signs are all around us. The signs are all around us. We are, we are, we are, are seeing, we are seeing mega shifts in the world order. Mega shifts in the world order. Things that people did not dream were going to happen. Stay tuned and watch around you. It means that God is at work. And if God can be at work and is at work on that mega, mega scale, he's more interested in working at your scale. 
because God knows where he wants you to be in 2020. So stand strong. Remember that Jesus is indeed the reason for the season, but he is also the ultimate gift. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.